Hello and welcome back to the Football Chat Podcast. It is episode 115 today where we're going to be discussing the Premier League title race, the conclusion of it and of course Arsenal bottling the league. I'm sure we've already had all the Arsenal fans click off there as I say bottle but I think we'll start with Arsenal because they are the more interesting topic. Where did it all go wrong this season for Arsenal? What was the first problem and what are, and then we'll go more into well, when did it first start to kick in after the World Cup, and they lost to Man City the first time. In fact, it's probably better to caveat this with how what went so well. Arsenal had a for the first half of the season. Arsenal had such a clear structure, clear system. There was a good feel about the club. It seemed the dressing room atmosphere was excellent. There was this mentality amongst them, amongst the players, that they could go and challenge the big dogs this year. Yeah, and I think that's that was really useful for them. It was, it was, and that first half season, that core eleven was just so good. They looked formidable. Yeah. However, but, but the problem is, yeah. you can't have that one eleven never changed throughout the whole of this season. Well, obviously Mostly. it rotated and they added more rotation options in January, but I would say one of their problems was a lack of quality rotation, but also a little bit of mismanagement from Arteta. Now, why I say that is that. I don't think players like Reese Nelson or Emil Smith-Rowe were included anywhere near as much as they should have been no. this year. I think Saka and Martinelli have been relied upon too heavily. Same for Martin Odegaard. They've not yeah. used Fabio Vieira enough either. And then obviously up front, well, Nketiah was only given any minutes because Jesus got injured. And then the only place they've really rotated is the midfield. Yeah. And you can't, you cannot afford to stick. I think when, when that kind of main eleven was fit, they all played. No doubt about yeah. it. And, and that's kind of the problem is that in the first half of the season, that same 11 players played every single game. Then they had the World Cup and then they had to come straight back and start battling for a Premier League. And eventually they burnt out. Yeah, I think also like key players struggling after the World Cup. I think Saliba was a big one. Obviously, he is injured now and that's yeah. been a big miss for Arsenal. But he really struggled post-World Cup, I think. He, he, you know, the errors they were making in the first half of the season were a lot less. But also, like... Their reliance on Aaron Ramsdale was only shown in the second half of the season. They performed well below. So they, they performed well above expectations in the first half of the yeah. season and well above their expected performance. If you look at a lot of their XG and expected goals against as well, XGA, then you can actually see that, well, Aaron Ramsdale was keeping them in it for the first half of the season. The defence yeah. did allow a lot of I shots. Mean, then eventually he started making a few yeah. errors in the turn of the year. And that cultivated Arsenal dropping a few points. I mean, it's, it's never, you can't rely on, like this season, I think that, as you say, they're heavily relied on Ramsdale and they're heavily relied on that, you know, the, the Martinelli, Saka, and Odegaard. Yeah. Because if, if none of those, if one of those four didn't do anything, they'd drop points. So yeah, that. exactly that. And I think we should probably look at their form of late because it is almost like they've just run out of steam. We see this spoken about, you know, every single season. Oh, that team ran out of steam. But never even since such a literal, like, demonstration of it. Because we've seen Arsenal just literally fall off in recent weeks. So, yeah, they, they all hit 0% you know, at the same time. Yeah. And I think, it's, again, that's the problem. Because it wasn't... Usually, you can see one or two players towards the end of the season, they tail off, they get worn out, they get tired because they've had such, you know, a player of the game. But because there was quite literally no rotation in this Arsenal eleven, the whole eleven burnt out at the same time, and then they lost, you know, they dropped major points. Yeah. So if we look at their last eight matches, just two victories, a three-on-one over Chelsea at home, and a two-nil win at Newcastle away. They've lost their last two matches as well to Brighton and Forest. They lost to City, obviously, in that time, and then draws for Liverpool, West Ham, and Southampton. I think Southampton and West Ham were the draws that hit hardest for me because I think. That was when they... Because if you look at the last five games, they've played some very difficult opponents in the likes of Brighton and Newcastle. They won the Newcastle game and, of course, Manchester City. But I think those draws against relegation sides were the reason yeah. they're in the position they're in now. That came the back off after they threw away a two-goal lead at Anfield against Liverpool and they drew the 2-2. Two two. That's excusable. It's yeah, never a good side. That's what surprises Liverpool. me is that we, you know, we saw such a great buzz and feeling around the Arsenal team. So I, I, I was surprised when they drew that game. I thought they'd bounce back with a response and they'd beat yeah. West Ham, beat Ham. They did the opposite. They played exactly the same way, and this time they went two 0 down. And had to get it. They went. They went one well, against down. West Ham. Yeah. Now they went two 0 up against West Ham, Again. and then threw it away. 
A Ben Rob penalty in the 33rd minute, a Bowen goal in the 54th, as they threw away an early two goal lead. They scored two in the first 10 minutes. And yet I mean, they is threw that, that game Is wide. that complacency? Because that's two games in a row there where they were 2 it up and then just threw it away. Potentially, but also West Ham needed points. That was a game where yeah. West Ham could had to throw everything at it. They were already 2 0 down, so they could tactically go for the game. Because if they lose by more, they lose by more. But they needed the points, and that point yeah. could be crucial. I mean, it, West Ham now safe from relegation. And but, then, you know, yeah. two draws in a row, they would have felt the pressure from City. They and that that transpired in the Southampton game. They're three, they were two 0 down with them, three one down, and they managed to nick it. A point. Oh yeah, eighty eight and ninetieth minute goals. Of course, Carlos Alcaraz. That was a direct consequence of an Aaron Ramsdale yeah, error. Yeah, a good finish though from the young lad, and then obviously Theo Walcott in the fourteenth. Oh, that's a killer isn't it? Former player, of course, and then Dujan Kletikar sixty sixth minute. Well, Martinelli did make it two one, and then obviously three one through Kletikar, and then Odegaard and Saka later on. But and at this yeah. point, they would have looked at the game up against City and gone, "We have to win this, we want to win a title." And not only did they just lose. They were absolutely bad. I think both games against City this season have demonstrated why Arsenal aren't ready for the title fight. And I think it, simply put, they are not tactically as good as Manchester City. Their team is not as good as Manchester City's. Quite frankly, I don't think Arteta's able to build a tactic as good as Pepe's. So, but it, that's not really a slight on Arteta. I think nobody is able to build a tactic as good as Pepe's. So... You know, as much as we can look at Arteta and say, well, can he ever beat Pep? I know that was a question you posed the other week. Can Arteta ever beat Pep? Can anyone ever beat Pep? Because in his 14 years of professional management, he's won 11 titles. So, I don't think... three managers in those three years at beating. Exactly that. But one of those, mate, Claudio Ranieri. No? That was his first season, right? 15, 16, I think. Might be wrong. He's done six years at six years if, seven, seven years. If seven, not, it was the year after. Actually, it might be in the year after that one yeah. that he joined. In which case, Conte. it was Antonio Conte's Chelsea team. Obviously, but yeah, um, yeah. I just think for Arsenal, I that it did surprise me the way they reacted to that Liverpool draw because I thought a team that was so full of energy. Uh, but you saw, I remember seeing Zinchenko's reaction on the bench, and I think he knew because he's won titles with City. He knew what it took. I think as soon as he saw that um, they're drawn to Liverpool. I think at that point, he kind of knew they'd thrown it away. Yeah. And obviously that would play, because he's a team leader. I mean, who... I mean, this is outrageous, with the way. I can't remember who said it. But someone said... It was someone who everyone will know. Is it Roy Kane? No, they said that Zinchenko deserves a statue for this season. Oh, right. I thought you were talking about when... Was it Roy Kane or Graham Souness kicked off because he was signing signatures? Or autographs for a game? He was saying that that's... Oh, no, they were celebrating massively like a win against Bournemouth and he was saying that that's why they won't win the title because they're too they're too emotional. That sounds like a Roy Keane thing to say, but yeah. Yeah, I can't remember who it was now, but that was mental. But yeah, no, he was a, yeah. he was a good leader, but when you see your leader react like that, you're going to drop your head. And it just, I mean, yeah. inexperience this season cost him... I think, though, also having a leader who is as emotional as Zinchenko, I think he's a magnificent player. I think it's really useful to have a player in the dressing room that cares like he does. But he is too emotional to be a leader. That's, and often, I think he undermines the captain's authority. Obviously, Martin Odegaard, not the most outspoken captain in the Premier League, but I think he is still a firm leader in that dressing room. However, when you've got Zinchenko, who's almost assumed the role of leader as the most experienced yeah. player... With, with being a leader or the captain, you have to... There's a certain balance you have to have between showing that you care, because you have to show your players that you care, yeah. but in terms of caring too much. And the way he reacted sometimes, it maybe he did care too much, and maybe that's probably... I don't think care too much is such a thing. I think more he was too emotional. Caring too much, I don't think you can care too much. I think you have to care. And that's, what, that's what the other players want to see. I think that's what the fans would want to see. But I think often he is over-emotional. I know that some Arsenal fans have been annoyed by him this season. Which I, I find a little bit strange because I think he's played really, really well. But at times he has been caught yeah. out defensively. And I can understand the point of view that maybe he's not a great left-back. But equally, yeah, in the left. system they play, that's not his role. He isn't a left-back. The thing with me is... Zinchenko is a left. He's, Zinchenko himself is the a centre midfielder. Yeah, go on. He's, he's a centre midfielder. 
Pep Zinchenko is a left back. That doesn't mean Zinchenko is a left back. That means when he plays in the city system, he's a left yeah. back. Because that's how City do. Pep Guardiola, he takes players and he plays them wherever he wants, and he makes he learn he makes them learn that position. Yeah, he means worked with players like John yeah. Stones this season, Rico yeah. Lewis as well, who I think we'll My touch on later. Other point was going to be, and this links the fact of inexperience and lack of quality rotation, and the big one for me is at centre half. Don't get Rob Holding. Don't you? Know, I think they also they looked in January and they saw that they've got two good centre halves, but Rob Holding's a backup isn't good enough. They bought in Kirill, and also I get it, they're building for the future. And I get and I get that that makes sense to bring in Kirill. He's got very good potential. But for a season where you were leading the title, and did you really think he was? You know, that's a good option as your backup centre half because Saliba's got injured. They played Kirill, yeah. and he struggled. Who would who would you have played? Who would you, who would you have bought? I'd then? have gone experience. I'd, I I don't know who. But do you really want to bring in someone who's going to be? Do you want to bring in another leader into that? No, not a leader, but someone who knows what it takes to win the Premier League title. Well, how many of those are? There's not many centre halves who know John what Tate. it takes to win the Premier League title. Kicking about, it's just like Tony Adams isn't coming out of retirement anytime soon. So it is difficult. Mm. It is more difficult than go and get someone. I know, who wins I the know, title. but it's got to be. But also, they did bring in players like that. They brought in Gabriel Jesus. They brought in Vinicius Sinchenko, and they didn't necessarily work. Yeah, start of the season, I guess. I'm not so, thinking like January because they look they looked at the squad and gone. We have this very good eleven, yeah. But we need to be aware if it doesn't if it's going to break down and not work. But then the same question: what yeah. what but other I mean, right, they have, what other centre half do you have, look at? They, but even not even centre half, they have the quality rotation. They should have played Emerson yeah. Rowe more. Should have played Reese Nelson more. Fantastic players. Yeah, I was surprised they didn't get more minutes. I also think it was weird to keep Inketia and loan out Balogun. But I guess they wanted to give Balogun more minutes, maybe, than they were going to give Nketiah. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I just think, I, you know, yes, don't get me wrong, Martinelli, Saka, two very, very good players, two of the yeah. very best players in the Premier League. But they aren't going to be very good if they play 40, 45 games a season. I still think they pushed at the end, but yeah, if they were given, I think they were giving more rest, they definitely could have been more effective towards the end of the year. Because we have sort of seen in recent weeks that Saka and Martinelli's performances have dropped off. Mm, they have and I mean yes they've been good but then also you know I look back and fall on they bought in Jorginho who the good you know he knows yeah. he knows what it, he's a born winner he knows, he's won the Euros won the Champions League now he knows what it takes to win things but he was more of a leader role he started a lot since he joined what Jorginho yeah and well, that's get, but that's, that's exactly what you were saying earlier about them needing to sign players who've won the Premier League he's not won the Premier League but he is yeah, a Euro he is. winner yeah, exactly, a Champions exactly. League winner and I like that, but I don't think he should have played. I think he should have been more of a leader figure because he hasn't been very good. We know George Has he not? No. I think I've just lacked I think he's done too badly. Xhaka, Jorginho and Party. No, sorry, Xhaka, Jorginho and... I think Thomas Party was doing well. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a few question marks around him, but Jorginho, I don't know. I just think... I still think they need to rotate Party though, in that role. Yeah, I, I just feel for Ars- an adequate Arsenal this year... Rotation. I think there were just a few little problems that towards the end of the season they all kind of combined to make one big Mounted problem up. and they yeah. threw away. And I kind of agree with what, and this will take some time, but I kind of agree with what Gary Neville said, and he said the only team he can see stopping Pep City is Klopp's Liverpool. Right now, but I think potentially long term I could see United's Ten Hag's United if he can get that working tactically, but there are definitely some deficiencies in his team. Which I think need to be on now, but I definitely think over the long yeah. term he could. Th- and, and the reason I saw those two teams I think stand out is because you look at Arsenal this season, they were played off the park when they played City both times. Liverpool always beat City. Or gave them a good game. Or I mean, look at the yeah. game where Stones had to drag the ball from the depths yeah. to keep City in it. And the year Liverpool won the league, they won that because they beat City at the Etihad. Yeah, I mean, Alisson certainly wasn't just passing the ball out to... Yeah, no. City striker. Uh, um, you know, the, even this season, Liverpool have had a terrible season. They still beat City. Yeah. They beat them once. And United, also, they also beat City this year. Which shows they weren't unstoppable this season. I think season. Klopp's Liverpool and Pep's City will both go down as two of the greatest Premier League teams of all time. And I think we've been, we're just blessed that we get to see two. I, I think arguably the City team we're watching right now is the best City. team we've ever watched. Best football, type, football team of think, all time. And the reason people... Because I think people at home will think, oh, Klopp's Liverpool. What, why are they going to... 
The thing is, they... Why are they going... <laughs> well, they think... Are they cavemen, Harry? <laughs> why are they going... Right, right, right. Why are they going down history? Because uh, yeah, if you look on the outside, it doesn't make much sense. They haven't won too much in terms of Premier League. But the only reason they They did win any... Liverpool's first Premier League yeah, title. Yeah, no. But the only reason they haven't, won, they haven't won more titles is because of Pep City. The amount of times yeah. they've pushed City to the wire. Last season, it went down to the final game. The fact that Arsenal... By the way, well, the fact that Arsenal were eight points clear and they haven't even taken it to the final day is... Because I would make... I mean, I resonate with what you're saying there. I think I would make the argument that if Pep City weren't there... Jurgen Klopp's they're, Liverpool they're would be really as dominant as like Sir Alex's size yeah. were. Because realistically, who else touched City and Liverpool? Well, exactly. If you look back through the last few years, they're all like... I mean, there was one season they finished on, what, 98 and 99? 97, 98, something like that. And then the next team's on like 80 yeah. or 70. I mean, it's like no one They've won, between the two of them, they've won the last six friendly titles. And I know that sounds quite competitive. I mean, but they've won five and Liverpool won one. Yeah. But those five, apart from this year... Liverpool pushed them all the way. I think there's never been there hasn't been a season where Liverpool been seven points off with a game to go. Yeah, I think I think I think next year could be big because I think there'll be some sides with a point to prove. Luton. I think. Wow, you don't think they'll be the prem? Disgrace will get out. I think United on their day can challenge City. I think Liverpool back to their best can challenge City. I think if Arsenal recruit well and have a decent summer and Arteta learns how to rotate his squad. They can push. I've seen this question sort of doing the rounds recently. And actually, we'll integrate it now because it was something that was asked by a contributor. So this is part of the audience questions. Well, we usually say this for the audience questions, but since it suits here, I think we'll throw it in. Caden Holloman asked, is Arsenal's performance in 2022-23 sustainable or is this season a one-off? And I want to tie that into my own question of sorts in that is... Is next season for Arsenal, could could they end up outside the Champions League spots? Because I think, as you say, City, Liverpool, United are all going to be up there. If Newcastle are also looking good next year and Chelsea recover somewhat, then that's already looking very difficult for Arsenal to get up into Champions League again. So is are they going to be able to maintain this level of performance going into next season and challenge with those big dogs? Or are they going to suffer a minor drop-off? I, I would say more to the drop off, and because the problem is, I mean they're gonna have to they need to be able to match what the other teams are bring. Because we know you yeah know, obviously right recruitment can yeah, be it. Yeah, but yeah. if so, let's take the squads from right now, and then maybe a protect, and then we can obviously discuss what happens if they improve. But right now, if nobody makes a signing, where do Arsenal finish in the Premier League next season? I think they could be out of Champions League, yeah. Because I think City obviously will be right up there. United are yeah. strong. Liverpool are, uh, you know, obviously not this season, but they are strong. Chelsea have a good squad. Even Brighton, Villa, you know, the Newcastle. You know, I think they all challenge Arsenal on their day, and that's the difference. Is you look at so if Arsenal played Brighton or Aston Villa, you look at it and go, yeah. "That's a tough game for Arsenal." Sure. When City play one of those teams, it's usually an easy win. So if we look at Man City's record this season. I can't remember how they got on against Brighton, but I'm going to have a look now. I mean, Arsenal got torn apart by Brighton, who got torn apart by Newcastle and Everton. So, City... When did they play Brighton? Oh, they beat them 3-1 in October. That would have been, what? And they're playing playing Brighton next week. Oh, yeah, of course. To that time. Yeah, tonight the time record. Well, tonight when this goes I'm, out. I'm sorry. like an idiot if they've. If Brighton, Brighton steamroll them 9 0, yeah, this podcast is going to age. It depends. Like they're on the beers a bit, and then probably. But yeah, no, City are just mental. I mean, we should probably touch on them. Because we're spoken how Arsenal yeah. did throw it away, but they had to throw it away to someone. And, well, to be eight points behind, no matter how bad the team ahead of you play, to be eight points behind and get it back. I'd be in a place where they're actually, they yeah. could be ten points. Ahead, even if Arsenal win every, if they both crazy. win every man in game, they'll be ten points ahead. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, thank you for repeating crazy three times. It is just absolutely mental, and I mean yeah. they they did struggle in the middle. You know, while this new tactic that Pep just magic magic up, conjured up, he genuinely came say, up yeah. one day, probably while he's in his bed. Sha- mate, shower thoughts. That's what yeah. I'm telling you. He, I reckon he had a cold shower, a bit yeah. of mental clarity, and he went three, he's two, def- four, one. He's got a tactics board in his shower, or he was like looking at a, what they, a phone number and it said 3241 and he was like trying to remember, he was like memorising this yeah. phone number because he had to call someone and then he yeah. that was just stuck in his head he thought, hang on, 
Three, two, four, yeah. one. And yes, that system did take a little u- getting used to, but once it clicked, pff, wow. What There's no stopping the, the football it creates is just perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It is just, just watching the way City knock the ball about is just sublime. I think you make a strong argument they're the best football team I've ever seen because I think they combine so perfectly. It's like this, you know how we get like food fusions where they mm. mix different cultures. You've got the sensational Barcelona side of the 2011 with the tic attacker passing, this lovely possession style of play, combined with the English physicality. Yeah. You know, we've got players like Harden and Grealish, that strength, that power. I just think they take low, the ele- all great elements of football, combine it into this perfect team. And quite frankly, is there anyone that could stop them right now? Probably not. Real got steamrolled. Arsenal got steamrolled. They're the two closest to them right now on form. They've beaten everyone in their path this season. They're on track for their first treble, historic yeah. treble. They've won the domestic league three times, yeah. conse- three consecutive years now. I think in terms of Aussie success and what they've won, they probably aren't the best team we've ever seen. I mean, obviously, I know they've won a lot, but you know, compared to some teams that have won a lot and a lot and a lot. I mean, they haven't won 14 Champions Leagues, they haven't won a single one yet. Um, no, but, but, in terms of what but when, whenever we say Real Madrid or they've won 14 Champions League, yeah, in 70 years. Manchester City, not 70 years, sorry, more than that. Yeah, but City, City were rubbish until the, you know, Shea turned up. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean they're not going yeah, to... Exactly, so in 10 years they've not won one yet, but if they win one now... I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think they'll ever, ever get anywhere near Real's total of 14. It, well, it depends how long Guardiola stays, doesn't yeah. it? And that is, that is, I think that is actually a good question. And don't City have been brilliant this year, they've managed everything. But yeah. if Pep leaves, does it go a little bit down the toilet? Depends if they can get Nogsman or not. Yes, but my thing is, and we talk about this a lot, when players get sold by Manchester City, they usually struggle and we say they only work in a Pep system. Yeah. Is the squad built to Pep Guardiola, which it is, obviously. Yes, but City but the, have... But the question is, is, will those players be able to adapt to a new manager very quickly? Potentially not, but City have the resource to be able to build around a new manager. It's not going to be like, oh no, you're stuck with this. Sell them, Harry. They're some of the most sought-after players in the world. Are they going to really be happy if Nagelsmann comes in and goes, I don't want Kevin De Bruyne? I don't think Julian Nagelsmann is going to want to get rid of Kevin De Bruyne. I also don't think (laughs) Pep's going to leave in in the near future. Does he want the quintuple? I think... Probably. The sex people, sorry. What, what motivation is there for Guardiola to leave right now? True. Because imagine, he can sit at City oh, and build a side that can win everything. Because if you look, they're on a 24 game unbeaten run, right? Yeah. Since his tactics clicked. Is there a chance they go invincible next season? Because I genuinely could see a, ch- a chance of them going invincible next season, winning the Champions League, winning the FA Cup, the Calvary Cup, winning the Super Cup. If they're in that as well and doing so the yes, quintuple, yes, yeah, so you got even more. They could so, do. They can't do the sex because the World Club World Cup isn't until twenty twenty five. Community Shield. Like, well, oh, the fuck, how's Community Shield is a major trophy? It's a trophy. It's like going, oh, we want a big plate. Well done. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trophy. It counts. Hold it up, Pep. Good job, mate. It counts towards the sex tuple. That's it. Yes, it's a trophy. It's a plate. It's not a plate. It's a shield. Okay. Maybe they can do the sex two for one. Yeah, no, they, they win all that but lose the fucking community shield to what? I mean, I themselves. Because yeah, they're going to win the yeah. FA Cup. I know, obviously, everyone's talking about all the treble. Well, it was brilliant. You know, I feel like people are already talking like they've won the treble. They haven't. Mm. Inter will not be an easy game. And I might sound like an idiot. I might sound like an idiot. Mm. But it will not be an easy game. Gen- generally, like, I get that. Yes, City really. are very good. But it's a Champions League final. No Champions League final is ever yeah, I easy. I think we're going to do an in-depth podcast, aren't we, for that? I know. Because we've discussed... And obviously, we're at our predictions, so I think that Friday the before the Champions League final... Would FA Cup as well. That is not easy. United and Challenger. United have been to Wembley this year, mm. already won a domestic trophy. They want another one. They've also played City twice and lost, on aggregate, 8-4. But they won. Again. But they did lose 6-3. Yeah, but that was when, like, United and the shit are. So like let's, look at, at let's look at United's form against <laughs> that match again. They're flying. Were they? That's what they are flying now. Oh. That's no, I think they were at the time. No, they weren't. So they'd just come off the back of win a lost to Sociedad in the Europa League. It's a bit weird. 
but win, 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 five consecutive wins of the league, including wins over Arsenal and Liverpool. Where are you getting five from? Four, sorry, after these Europa League games. Oh, I don't know. They're not City aren't that good, though. I mean, Foden's got a hat-trick, Carl's got a hat-trick, they beat their rivals 6-3. They'll give you a challenge. They've scored 88 points this season. They could end do up on see, and also oh, know, 94. Do you see a world where Inter win? Yeah. Do you see a world where United win? No, but obviously I do. But there you go, see? But it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Like, yes, they're good, but uh, obviously everyone's talking about how brilliant they've been. But what if they only win the Premier League? You know, I've lost to West Ham a couple Is that an underachievement? If yeah, they only win the Premier won't. League? How do you know that? Because it's Man City. And... You never know. No, you don't ever, never know, but you don't know what's going on. The W negatives are sending me, but you. It's quite likely Manchester City are going to win everything this year. It's quite likely they're going to win everything next year, unless Pochettino's cooking up a monstrosity with Chelsea. No, no. They, they lot, you, they, they've shown they can lose. They lost to Southampton for. for for sake. Yeah, not since this system started working. There's only one man that can beat him, and that's Nathan Jones. So do not right he's not got he's not employed by anyone right now, and he won't be because of stage shit. They're beatable. So don't just worry. They are beatable. As long as Nathan Jones doesn't get Chelsea employed. gave them a good oh that's a B side. Chelsea did give Man City's well, second team a get a bit of a game. Still lost, but they did give him a bit of a Where game. Where would Man City be? Would B side. Where would their B side? Would their B side be second to the Premier League? No. Where would their B side be? I think they get Europe. But if so, if we say Pep Guardiola, Pep is managing them. Yeah. Then they can definitely challenge. Obviously, oh, it's yeah, hard. Yeah. This situation is mental because they've not got any squad depth. But yeah. <laughs> but I think if it's someone other than Guardiola, then they'd struggle because. It's not the Guardiola system. I think they would probably finish around 10th. I think what we're realising is Pep Guardiola is just like... I mean, he's not quite a special one, but... We're not only just realising, by the way. Guardiola yeah, yeah, is yeah. the best manager of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, I, I still have my different categories. Well, yeah, because obviously you can't really compare, like, Dominant, For dominance, it's Pep. For prolonged success, it's Fergie. And for just being brilliant, Jose Mourinho. Right, seems like your categories will be a bit shit. No, not not being brilliant, but just what Mourinho's done. Overachievement. He's a miracle worker. He's not. That's not his job title. (laughs) It should be. Jesus. Look what he did at Porto. Look what he did at Inter. Yeah, he's he's an he's an overachiever. Yeah, because he cultivates such a fantastic mentality and atmosphere in a dressing room. Look at what he's done with Roma. He is the world's great. He's the world's best manager of all time. If he wins the Open League with Roma. Do you reckon he can win the Champions League next year? Yes. Imagine Mourinho. if he Any team that managed by Ser- Sergio Mourinho, um, Jose Mourinho, can win the Champions League. If he's in the Champions League managing a team, they yeah. can win it. doesn't matter who it is. It could be LASK. I mean, did you see them play against Bayer Leverkusen? They had one shot in that second leg. One. And they just sat everyone by the ball. He's quality. Got the job done. He's absolutely quality. And he's really clicked at Roma. The referees might hate him and keep sending him off. It's quality. Like, him in Italy just works because yeah. he he understands. Yeah, exactly. He understands the passion that the fans have. <laughs> yeah, that's quite useful to be fair. <laughs> he can speak the language. Good job. But yeah, I think he is. I think he is one of the best managers of all time. So what we've produced is Arsenal bottle jobs, City are ridiculous, Pep is quality, and Jose Mourinho is brilliant. Yeah. Lovely. Should we talk about the relegation fight before we get onto a bit more of a serious topic? But first, let's laugh at West Ham. Not West Ham, Leeds, Leicester, Everton, those sorts of teams. Who we relegated? Easy. Easy for me. Ooh, it's the is bottom it? three now. It's the bottom three now, no doubt about it. <laughs> Why'd you just turn into like a 50 year old governor? No doubt about it. I mean, right obviously, now. Southampton are already down, so that's a given. Yeah, geezer. Leicester, unless they. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen their game against Newcastle yet, but unless they manage to conjure something up, they're down. Conjure. And Leeds genuinely looked horrific against West Ham. This is why it's difficult to do, because obviously we haven't seen the Leicester-Newcastle game. So this sort of our down. opinions could Even be... Even they win, they're down. They'd be ahead of Everton. On what Goal basis? difference. Oh, Everton will do well, though. 
on what Everton, basis. Everton will still pick up points this season. I think Leicester will like to beat West Ham than Everton are to beat Bournemouth. Right, okay, okay. What would you do? Is, so Leeds are doomed. But it's Tottenham, got? mate. Oh, I don't care if it's Tottenham. Have you ever seen Tottenham on a final day of the season? They've just become... I mean, they've not been great recently anyway. They've lost... I mean, <laughs> oh my it, God. They've lost Sorry. five of their last seven. How is Ryan Mason still at a job? Because they've just sat, they sat oh, yeah. one lost to Bournemouth, lost to Newcastle, drawn to United, lost to Liverpool. They beat Palace. I don't know how they did that. Well, it wasn't exactly the most exciting game. <laughs> 0. 0.88 to 0.36. No one created anything. Well, Tottenham can't go down this year. They go down next year. It says a lot when Fraser Forza gets booked for time wasting when you're at home to Palace in the ninety-first <laughs> minute. Leaving one nil and lost to Brentford after going one nil up. If there's any team that's gonna. Throw that away. No, it's Tottenham. No. It's Tottenham. Last season, right? And last game of last season. What was that? Be all right. Fine, they beat Norwich five 0 Yeah, but I could beat Norwich five. Exactly. Exactly my point. Thanks for backing it up. Season before, all right, they beat Leicester. My point has been disproven. I was just, I'm just gonna scroll back until they lost to Newcastle, <laughs> and then seem like a genius. Oh, there we go. March 2020. No, that's that's the wrong day. March, as if they finish the season in March. Yeah, no. I I think it'll be Southampton, Leeds, Leicester. They drew with Palace in July 2020. That was the season being paused through through me there. July. What else is there? Uh, when? How long ago did they I lose? I forgot we had that really weird year. We finished. You forgot COVID happened. No, <laughs> I forgot what happened. <laughs> you the, what about? I forgot what happened to the Premier League. Right. Oh, they won against Leicester. How do they keep winning? They won 5 4. What a game. That year, Leicester won late? No. No, that's 2018, right? When did Newcastle draw 4 or with Tottenham? That's what I want to know. Just 2015? That's a lost cause. Yeah, let's. Oh, 5 1. There we go. 2016. They lost 5 1 to Tottenham. Chancellor and Bember got mad of the match. Of course. What a legend. But, you know, I think it's pretty nailed on for me. Everton looks safe. They look pretty decent at the moment. West Ham are clear. And... She's crushed... Do- yeah, no. Is that it? Dal Yanmat scored a goal and got an assist as well. Jorginho Wijnaldum double. A Mitrovic goal assist and red card. Oh, that is the most Mitrovic God, performance Wijnaldum ever. Wijnaldum played for them. Sissoko assist. Towsend. I do not remember any of these that I played for. <laughs> and then from the bench, Rolando Ahrens scored, who's what now at Motherwell on loan. Oh, <laughs> Oh dear. From Huddersfield. <laughs> so oh dear. Neither of that is great. Yeah. Anyway. Mate, I think it's nailed on for me. What? Leeds, 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 Yeah, I think that's what... I don't want to see everyone go down as much as I want to see Leeds and Leicester go down. I don't really care about Leicester. But Leeds, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like. Leicester, but I like Dean Swift, John Terry and Craig Shakespeare. But I want Yuri Telemans. <laughs> He's leaving anyway. I want to see James Madison at Newcastle. I want to see Danny Ward at Man City because that would make it fairer or everyone else. It would. It, they should do that. What? Make Danny Ward Man City's goalkeeper? Make City play rubbish players. Give Edison to Luton. Don't do that. He's going to hate it. <laughs> He'd stick out like a sore thumb. Would he? Why? Blue hair. I don't, think, he's, I don't think that's going to be a permanent inclusion. Permanent. Yeah, no. What's it? I don't know what the word is. Um, part of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's the correct term. I, I don't see... I'm glad it's gone down to the final day, though. That makes it interesting. What, the, uh, the relegation fight, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, But it's going to be... I, I still think it's nailed on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Could be any of them, really, couldn't it? Yeah. But yeah, on to that serious topic, then. Which I don't think anything could sound really serious and I've got a cold because I sound like... Come the frog, Don't but play, we do need to talk about the Vinicius situation yeah. in the league because I think it's really important that we do. As this a lot more formal topic than we usually discuss, we usually love just laughing at Southampton. But I think it is important that we give our thoughts on this because it's something that I've not seen covered much in English press and English media. So I think it's important we discuss I'm it. We, we slate him a lot, but I'm going to shout him out here. Only, the only person I've seen talk about it is Rio Valley Ferdinand. Yeah, but he's constantly talking, so that doesn't surprise me. But yeah, it is important, obviously, and I think, yeah, yeah I did see him. Yeah, it's brilliant, saying it's brilliant that. what he wrote. And yeah. the BBC obviously cottoned on because they saw that Rio Ferdinand did it, and then they quickly shut up because BBC don't like to talk about things like that. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, if you haven't seen this whole situation, in a game between Real Madrid and Valencia, right? Yeah. 
the, the Valencia fans were racially abusing Vinicius Jr. during the match. He responded by pointing out the fans that were doing the racist abuse, to which the referee seemingly offered no solution. Yeah. Anyway, Vinicius and the Valencia players start to have a bit of a the argument, race voices, that sort of stuff. It involves, it, it becomes a bit of a, a fight yeah, between both yeah, sets yeah. of players in which Vinicius is headlocked at one point, but then reacts to that and hits someone. Now, Vinicius, the, the, his headlock was not shown on VAR, and obviously didn't. The, the, like VAR cocked it up massively then. We'll talk about the referee's mistakes. They made a lot of mistakes in this situation, but they did catch him retaliating, therefore he was shown a red, shown a red card. And that has, that is why we've seen this such an interesting story developing over the last few days. But just our general thoughts then. Obviously, there is a massive problem with La Liga and racism. Oh, yeah. We've seen it now way too many times this season where Vinicius has been racially abused, and I think that is a massive issue, of course. Yeah. Like, as we have saying. I I just just don't know how La Liga still get away with this. I mean, I I can, because there's no one who's going to stop them. Who can say anything to La Liga to get, you know, no one can ban La Liga because they're not a thing. Yeah. But it's, it's just ridiculous, really. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I think also, I've just said that Pele has actually... Well, Pele's account has made a statement. Obviously, Pele couldn't from the grave. But his his account says, Pele always admired Vinicius for his joy and talent. In the opportunities they had to talk, the king loved the affection and respect they had for each other. On this day, we're absolutely certain that Edson would would be asking us to write this, so we'll do it. Uh, And then says, The Pele Foundation supports and admires you, you for your courage. Keep being a vocal advocate and never stop smiling in the face of adversity. Racism no longer has a place in the sport we love so much. I think that summarises exactly our thoughts. You know, he yeah. is such a magical player. He doesn't deserve this sort of abuse. I don't... Like, the argument that, oh, he brings it on himself by acting like he does, that is, that is, that is the worst genuinely. statement. You know, we see it's the type of thing you see bound around football Twitter, oh, classic, like, English pub blokes opinion. Yeah, you know, people say you at your ass. That's just talking I mean, absolute yeah. nonsense. That's victim-blaming 101, yeah. like... No one deserves racism. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Everyone's a footballer. Just, just let him play football. Don't matter who he is. He's a very good player at that as well. All right. Well, this is what Tabas said then, because this is what caused further uproar. Uh, he said, since those who should not explain to you what it is, but this is translated, so it's going to be difficult to yeah. read in English, um, and what it could do, Liga, in case of racism, way. we've tried to explain it to you, but you have not shown up for either of the two agreed dates that you requested yourself. Before criticising and insulting La Liga, it's necessary that you inform yourself properly at Vinicius Jr. It's quite an aggressive message. This says, do not let yourself be manipulated and make sure you fully understand each other's competencies and the work we've been doing together. So basically he's saying that you haven't turned up to the two times we wanted to talk to you about racism. Yeah. So we're not going to do anything about the fact you've been racially abused. Uh, this came after Vinicius said, I'm not your friend to talk about racism. I want actions and punishments. Hashtags don't move me. But yeah. yeah. So it's been quite the heated debate. And I want to talk about what the, why the referees got it so wrong. Because what they should have done is as soon... Because it's quite obvious... You know, if a, if a player's being racially abused, it's not like they're doing it, the fans are doing it quietly. If the player can hear it on the pitch, there's no way no one else noticed it. So yeah. why the referees didn't just pull everyone off the pitch, I cannot fathom. Which game was it that did happen? That happened recently and they did actually... Well, they did England versus Hungary a few years back. That's the yeah. one I remember, of course, because we were watching it and then players like Mings and Sterling were obviously... Yeah. Frustrated and communicate that to the referee, and then we the players were pulled off the pitch. I mean, but we also, we saw a similar thing in uh, Syria with Lukaku a few weeks, uh, was a few months ago, was it? The Syria's got yeah. a real another. Yeah. Uh, it's another league with a massive problem of racism I, I think, as well. I mean, at least after that happened, they came out and said that the referees got it wrong and that you know there's no place for it. La Liga, the fact they're defending it. Well, not... Tabas is going on the aggressive, which is just like, what are you doing? The thing is, the problem is, is he's not. I don't think he's defending. He's not defending what happened. No, he's defending yeah. La Liga. Yeah, he's defending his. He's trying to protect his referees. But how you can do that in this situation, I do not know. I think I think he's trying to be effective. Like yeah. he's, he wants, obviously, Vinicius to just talk to him, but keep it private. He doesn't want this to constantly be an ongoing public matter because it no, looks bad be. for the Liga. Uh, but going about yeah. it in that way almost draws more. I think it's got to be public because then people because oh, yeah. it, it looks worse if it's private because it looks like he's trying to you know hide something. Yeah, and cover or, it up. 
But I mean, it's just embarrassing for the referee. And a referee, you know, you might be obliged to do things by La Liga, but you also have a moral compass. Yeah. And your head, even if you were like, ah, oh, whatever. But also, that, is that not the president? Me. If something happens yeah. in, you know, if there is a player receiving racist abuse, you take the player to the pitch. That, is, that is what's supposed to happen. But referee, big, big cock up there. They should have acted, they didn't. And I think then La Liga's response to it has been disgraceful. Yeah. But yeah. I think, that's, I think that's all we want to say today. Obviously, I think it's important that it's spoken about because it is a ma- still a yeah. massive issue I to mean, this day, racism in football. I think we haven't seen it so much in the Premier no. League recently, though we did see a case of a Crystal Palace fan racially abusing Chung Win Son not too long ago. Quite obviously, the camera caught that. And I think, obviously, we're not. it's not being spoken about as much anymore. We did have some very important campaigns a few years ago but it is still a prevalent issue in football and I think therefore it does need to be addressed I remember I think a Sheffield's Wednesday fan was I think he's been banned from Hillsborough for life but even things like that like oh you've banned banned them from watching the team well they'll just watch on the TV or you uh, yes, yes, Banny. Well, hang on, what do you propose they do in that situation what gouge their eyes out so they can't uh, see football arrest them yeah I mean how I do think hate not, speech should be a criminal. Well, it is a criminal offence, and somehow oh, I don't. Oh, but football will just—it's not a thing, is it? Well, I don't get it. I don't get why fans feel that in that environment they can say what they want. It's the same with homophobia and other forms of discrimination. In that environment, fans seem to think they can get away with whatever they want. And I just don't get it. I mean, it's hard to understand because I don't know why you say it in the first place. I mean, at that point, you should oh, yeah. be a twat. There we go, racism ended. <laughs> Great no, job, no, Harry. I do, I, I just, it's hard to get around for every, not sane person, but every, you know... Morally correct? Yeah. I don't know. For every person that actually knows you know, what the world is, what the world's well, about. Okay. okay. I, I agree with, with yeah. what I think you're trying to say. You're the best just convoluted. Because I don't want to like, say sane. Cause oh, God, that would be bad if you offended the racist. Oh, so yeah, yeah insane people. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think it's important we speak about it and mm. address the address it. But yeah. Um, should we go to the audience questions there? Yes. A little more yes. jovial. But we've only got... Obviously, we've already read, already read out one. We've only got one more for the submissions this sure week. Not. So make sure, of course, to get involved if you see the post either on the YouTube or the Instagram story. If you see that, please leave us some it. comments. No, what the question? Well, as long as it's a question, good question. Not a yes. good question, but as long as it's related. But this one also from Caden Holloman. He asks, Why successful teams in the last few years, such as West Ham and Leicester, fighting off relegation this season? Does it prove that owners don't care about their clubs? There's two sort of questions here. Yeah. Why are successful teams in the last few years, West Ham and Leicester, as examples used in the question, fighting off relegation this season? What's happened Leicester there? for me is, I mean, obviously, they've kind of gone down the hole a bit with the whole, you know, in terms of owners and the money. And yeah, I don't think that's the owner not caring. I think that's yeah. the owner, the, the new owners. So it right. went downhill after their owner, you know, The sad passing of Vichai, yeah. But... Because then obviously, you know, again, that's a change of owner. That's a change. You know, that's a massive change. We've seen that with Chelsea this year. You know, changing owner is not an easy thing. And I think and the Newcastle. Yeah, because they've got some money. It's just I think it's an, if it's an up, if it's an upgrading owner, it's not easy. But but obviously, so Vijay should run a Praha upon his death. I think the club was given to his brother. Yeah. And death. They haven't managed that correctly. I don't think no. they've they've been a little. Ready. He probably wasn't ready. They've not. They've been inactive in the transfer market. Yeah. They've been. They've not improved the squad, and I think overall they've just sort of declined. What they've lost some key players like Peter Schmeichel, yeah. not Peter Schmeichel, well, Casper Schmeichel. They lost key figures in Wes yeah. Morgan and players like that, and they failed Fafana. to really replace them. Mares, and then they yeah, lost some very talented players in Mares and Fafana and people like that, and obviously Kante. But that was all Mares and Kante were during the yeah. Shrivana Praha, during Vichai's era. But yeah, so that, that's Leicester. As for West Ham, while well, they're just having a really poor season, I think it was shown at the end of last season as they started to lose steam. And then into this year, while well, they've had the same sort of... They've struggled defensively. And, no, I like David Moyes, but he, I don't think he's a European quality manager. 
I think it's a good manager though, and I think what, if he wins the Europa League, then you oh yeah, you're shut oh, right oh, up. Yeah, but... God, they've done that, mate. He's not very good European qualities in a European got, final. It's, oh, sorry, Conference League, isn't it? He got to the Europa League semi-finals and now the Conference League final. Yeah, I take that back. He's quite good. He's quite good in those in these competitions, but I do think Moyes has shown that I don't know at times this season the tactic hasn't worked and he's been a little too yeah. reliant and dependent on just hoping something will happen. The, out of his control like, yeah. he's not been active enough with changes he's not been proactive with changing things before people, things go wrong and ultimately that's cost them a lot this season they have staved off relegation though and next season I think with the right recruitment they can do well yeah. I think they will probably sell Declan Rice as well that's the big problem for both teams and and Leicester even more so because they're going as, at the moment, as it stands they're going down to the championship Yeah, um, they're going to get absolutely ransacked are they Leicester though? Because what they got, they're going to lose Madison and Tielemans as well as Frey. Barnes might leave. But surely, if you're a mid-tail Prem side, you say, Ian Acho, yes, Dakar, come to me. Mm, maybe. Saint but Rafs. they've not proven enough in the Prem, yeah, those two. Like, yeah, exactly, without facing going anywhere. Maybe Timothy Castagna gets a move to another relegation side. Exactly, and he'll cook in the championship. I mean, why they bought him, I don't know. I, I, he's, he's a good young centre-half. But as again, at the same point as Arsenal, to link back to the start of the programme. Um, programme? Welcome <laughs> like back that. to the ITV News at 10. It's the liver. It's hot, very hot. Yes, yeah, warm um, in the studio. Probably fine outside. But we don't know. Yeah. We're not I, outside. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. there we go. Answer. Thanks for asking a question, audience. Harry said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it shows the owners don't care. I think both. The There's West Ham owners, seasons. Brady, Gold, Sullivan, I think they all care about the club. That's oh, yeah, quite Brady's brilliant. She is brilliant, yeah. <laughs> um, I think she's and brilliant. In terms of like, running a business and running a... a successful uh, business lady. Business <laughs> lady. Business woman. Well, business I was going to say business man, but she's not, is she? Business woman. Business lady. <laughs> oh, <laughs> brilliant. Business female. Um, yeah, so she's clearly very good at what she does, but it, it does that. I don't know, the recruitment's not on her, though, is it? No, like she's not going out scouting. So but again, she's a good businesswoman and not a good scout. But they also took the punts on the wrong players. They went and got Gianluca Scamacca, who Why? has struggled to adapt. Well, he's a the, talented yeah, player and crushed the Serie A lot. Michael Antonio. Who isn't very good. Yeah. Equally, I'll let West Ham off. <laughs> you just yeah, no, changed no, your opinion no, no, so really. quickly. Though. But uh, I'll let West Ham off, because have you seen that young fan? What Trial that God. way. Relegation that way. We're going that way. Oh, You're not right. seeing oh, his quality. I've only seen Nolsey oh, beating no. up all of Alkmaar. Oh, it's quality. It's this young fan. He's, he's like a geezer. He's an absolute geezer. He's like 10. <laughs> right. That sounds about right. Or was he just really short? Just, no, no, he's he, he, yeah, he's quite young. Okay, well, fair enough. Like, relegation that way. We're heading full steam that way. It's quality. Fantastic. Anyway. <laughs> that is all the audience questions. Make sure to participate in next week's audience questions. Um, and you can get a chance to feature in the show. Up next, then, on to the rumour mill. And I've got a very a, a very short rumour today. I'm sorry, everyone. I didn't have much time before this episode to cultivate some rumours out there. But if you do want to see loads of rumours, then follow our Instagram, because I do have been putting out some... Or look at a lot more active on there. Big rumour on that one. Also big rumour mill. But this week, we've got two Napoli players and where oh. they're going to go. First of which is Kim Minye. Oh, I like him. Do you? Manchester United are the favourites to sign the Korean centre-half. Do you think there's a risk there? Obviously, only one year experience of the Serie A. Because and... I saw on Saturday Social yeah. a debate, because they were debating whether Kim Min-jae uh, has been better than Virgil van Dijk this season. Yeah. And he has. And, I, and does he have the potential but to be better season. than van Dijk? Yes. Because Kim and Yeh's already on, but well, I think... surely that's a no-brainer for Well, I don't think is. he'll ever... He's got the potential, but whether he'll ever fulfil that, I don't know. Would he want to go to United, though? Because he's going to be back up. Would he? Is he going to get a bench? Varane? Varane's 32, no? Oh, but it's Rafael Varane. He's quality. I don't think he's... I don't think he's undroppable, though. It's rotation. You're playing... playing Luke they're they're going to be playing moment, Champions so. League football next year. They're going to have the Premier League. Yeah. They're going to have competi- loads of competitions True. going on. There's no reason why they can't rotate. If you look at this season, Varane's been injured and they've brought in Lindelof and then Leicher got injured as well. Sure. Martin's got injured and they've brought... Who? Leicher. That's his nickname. Um, Lissandro Martinez. Yeah, that is... I don't know if that... I think that might mean... 
No, it doesn't. I think Leech is like... Lissandra, isn't it? Oh, no, it's not. What is going on? I think I think the war for the studio yeah. is setting you delusional. Um, I think I say, but yeah, Kim Ye very very good player. Very good. I think it'd be a good pick up for Manchester United. I do think there's a, there's a lot of a, ri- a lot of risk associated with the move though, because he does only I have one it, year of Serie A experience. Depends on the price. If you spend eighty million pounds, no. you're an idiot. But if you can get him at forty, forty you're yeah. a genius. Probably though, this is Napoli. They're gonna want 80, 90, so they're gonna have to overpay. Scam Chelsea for Koulibaly. And even then, they've been asking for 80, 90 mil for Koulibaly for the last yeah. five years. Like so. Well, they just want to hold on to their key players. So imagine the money they could get for something like Kratzkelia or Victor. Well, I, that's why I don't. Well, what's also is the next one on our page. Um, on sheet, but yeah, I don't think Kratzkelia will leave this summer because he has only got one year on his deal. But potentially he will. Maybe. But yeah, Victor Osimhen then, Manchester United, Chelsea, Bayern, PSG, all interested. Where do you think, where do you see him going? Obviously, they all need a striker, that's why they're interested. Well, I mean, if he wants European football, Chelsea would be a downgrade. Massive. Yeah. Um, but if he wants money, United, he'd be a guaranteed starter. Bayern would be a guaranteed starter. PSG, I wouldn't want to go there, but that's his personal preference. But you would be guaranteed. Is would it you? his personal preference? And Batman wants to play for the middle now. No, he's oh. keep, keep saying Osimhen out wide. Oh, you are around. So you could. It would be Mbappe, Osimhen. He's already been to Liga, though, hasn't he? Well, yeah, but he, is that security for him? For me, it's not. I was confused by why you said it's his preferred option. That's what you said. No, when did I say that? <laughs> like. About a minute ago. No, I said that Mbappe preferred his preferred option. No, no, with Osimhen. Oh, he's, I don't know if he wants to go to PSG. No, well, Osimhen is apparently interested in the Chelsea move most because of he he advises Didier Drogba, but oh, he's also very yeah, open to back. the United. For me, if I was him, I'd go United or Bayern. No, Chelsea except football. Yeah, you know, Bayern. I got a point for him next season. He will score a lot of goals in the Bundesliga. He Premier League. If he wants to prove himself to be one of the very best, he's got to come to Premier League. If he wants to win trophies, go PSG or Bayern. Yeah, I'm thinking, I think if you're Osman, do you hold up for Real to come knocking? Why would they come knocking? Because they need a striker. They've got Benzema. I well, I want to speak about this because I think Osman was. I, I think Benzema flopped against City. Against City, he ain't got the ball. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, every striker has a rough day. Han doesn't mm, score in a week. I still he does, he does sort of do that. Yeah. At he's 36, he's not got 38 games yet. So He's got a goal a game. He has, and he's not even played all 36. He's played 33. That's insanity. Something like that. So anyway, I mean, if he wants to prove himself against Erling Haaland, Victor Osimhen, come to the Premier League. Come to Chelsea. I could see him going Real, though. Why? Because they need a striker, as I've stated. Do you know what, Real, are Real the only team that can change... Oh, no, that's a different question. What, for the Champions League? Terms City. Nah, they're not. But they probably are, who knows. Yeah, yeah 34 games, 32, 36 goals. He's just stupid. 32 starts. 7 assists as well, fair play. 5 yellow cards. Yeah. Cheater. It's probably all the 5 yellow cards. 50 seven. matches for City, 52 oh, goals. Just go away. It's just, just, just boring. He is just he boring. He is a bit boring. Harlan, mate, have a day off. Uh, have, a, have a rest. City fans in Harlan, mate, shit. You're just boring people. Yeah, get Lewis, 82, and then send yeah. it to me for my collection. Anyway, that's where we'll call it today. Yes. We've, had, we've been good. waffled a lot. I think we've got to the hour mark, which is lovely, but or close to it. But yeah, that is all yeah. from us today. If you have enjoyed, keep the conversation going in the comments down below. I want to hear from you guys on all of the topics, all the, pl- the plethora of conversations we've had today. And if you have enjoyed what you've watched, then make sure to leave a like, subscribe if you're new around here. And if you're listening, then hit all the good feel, good buttons that do fun things on the audio platform of your choice. That's all for us today. Thank you all very much for watching or listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya.